Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Yep, folks, it's a Holden week. Buckle yeah. up. <laughs> Won't blame you if you don't listen to the rest of the episode. <laughs> we've got a, we've got a great episode for you this week, featuring our reviews of Mandalorian Episode Six, Marriage Story, and Jumanji: The Next Level. That one movie podcast. <laughs> Tom, Jimmy, you ready for Tom's? I suppose I am, Holden. Awesome! Tom's is a rapid-fire game where we write the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. How about it? I'm sure that awesome that you just yelled into your microphone is really pleasing for everybody to listen to. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people... (laughs) Also, I'm eating Domino's pizza right now, so I'm sure people will like that, too. Yeah. All right. So first but, on the what? <laughs> that's a, that's for my mom. She loves it when you eat on the podcast. It's her favorite thing. At least it's not Doritos <laughs> this time, where it's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, cool ranch too. Oh my god, the best. Anyway, uh, so we, although last week we had a bunch of trailers, this week we only actually have one I want to talk about, and that would be the trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes, Jimmy, that came out like right after we. Uh, put up last episode and so uh yeah that happened it was a trailer for ghostbusters and it's not the women ghostbusters for all you haters out there <laughs> even though i think it's like it's fine i thought the i thought that one was okay it wasn't like i didn't <laughs> love it and i never saw it a second time but i didn't think it was like the worst thing in the world like everyone else thought it was um anyway jimmy what do you think about this trailer um, so I saw it before Jumanji for the first time, and the reason I haven't seen it is because I have not seen the Ghostbusters movie in probably 15 years, <laughs> so I honestly have little recollection of the first one, and I'm excited, though, because with this movie coming out, I'm probably going to revisit the original, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, is Ghostbusters 2 good as well? I think it's Okay. But I'll at least watch the original. Where is this one like in the timeline? Is it is it acknowledging all the other ones, or is it kind of doing a? It's ignoring the Terminator. women one. But <laughs> <laughs> the women one. Um, Ghostbusters twenty seventeen, right? I think it was twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, it's ignoring that movie, but uh, it's keeping in line with the other two. I think it takes some time. It takes place sometime after those first two movies. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on it, since you probably have more of a basis than me? Well, I mean, I, along with so many other people, love the first Ghostbusters movie. I think it's really funny. I think, like, it's just a very entertaining, visually quite spectacular, especially for the time, movie. Um, And the action is, like, pretty fun, too. Uh, It's just, like, a good movie. And the second movie, I don't... I think I saw maybe once, but it's been a long time, so I don't really know much about... or remember much about it. Um, but I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting trailer. Um, I didn't hate it. Some people on the internet hated it. And I think it, like, a lot of people weren't convinced by, like, the horror, uh, tone of it. 
because like that's not what the other movies were really and i don't think that's necessarily what this movie will be i think that might just be what the trailer was going Mm -hmm. for uh maybe to just psych people out at first before they revealed the ghostbusters stuff um but yeah i i'm not i i think it'll i think it'll be funnier than this trailer leads on i think the trailer's okay overall yeah so as someone who didn't realize it was a ghostbusters trailer right away until all the ghostbusters stuff started appearing i mean i at least know that because it's Mm -hmm. just such a big part of pop culture in the united states at the very least um i was like what is this i got a very super eight vibe i did too Uh, like the town yeah gave me a very similar vibe the anomalies that were going on and Mm -hmm. kind of a group of kids trying to figure it out very super eight in that regard um so yeah i mean that's that's the vibe i got i think it looks decent but like as someone who doesn't like i i as of right now just because i haven't seen it in so long i don't know what people like appreciate or that certain factor that the first one has i don't know how that relates to this trailer and it seemed i mean it was very much like what is going on here uh when watching it but I don't, I don't know if it's compatible just because mm-hmm. I haven't seen the first one in so long. Well, I, I like the cast that they showed off. Um, Paul Rudd, obviously. Always love me a good Paul Rudd in, in mm-hmm. almost any movie. Uh, I like Finn Wolfhart, who is one of the kids. Yep. He's in It and uh, Stranger Things. Yep. Um, and McKenna Grace, she's, I think she's been cast as like she's going to be the main like girl, uh, little girl. Um, but she was in Haunting of Hill House. I think she might have been the main kid in the newest Annabelle movie, but I never saw that. So um, oh, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, she's she's a pretty good young actress. So I don't know. I'm 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 pretty excited for this movie. I'm I'm kind of interested to see what the uh, the future trailers will hold. I'll give it a broca just because I'm excited to revisit the original. Yeah, me too. All right. Two thumbs up Brokaw. Thomas, two thumbs up Brokaw from us. All right. Oh, hey, I didn't say that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we actually, we got some breaking news hot off the presses, Jimmy. This oh, boy. Was, this was uh, uh, the benefit of holding off like 12 hours to record our podcast. <laughs> um, Holden's fault, by the way. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So a bit of a side note. I it, We just got some snow in Lincoln since I'm back home. We just got some snow in Lincoln. And since I work for DoorDash, they like no one wanted to DoorDash in Lincoln since it was all snowy. And so we got paid like two dollars extra per order last night. So I was making bank, Jimmy, last night. I earned like a hundred bucks in like five hours. There you go. That's twenty bucks an hour, Jimmy. That's some math yeah, for you. According <laughs> to that Lincoln math. <laughs> according uh, to that Mana video math. All right. <laughs> That's um, an inside joke that no one will get. Absolutely no one. <laughs> Um, but anyway, this is breaking news. So, uh, Tarantino, uh, announced today, or I don't know if it was today, it might've been last night, but the news came out today, um, that he might not be doing the R rated Star Trek movie. Uh, that's, that's really not that surprising to me. Yeah. Honestly. It was in an interview with a uh, consequence of sound and it sounds like he's pretty committed to doing his 10 movie plan. Uh, but he wants to do something like smaller for his last movie. Because he saw it once upon a time in Hollywood as like his climactic film for his like ten years since it was very it was very Tarantino-y, um, but then like he feels safe to end it on something smaller for an epilogue, um, 
what that means i mean we don't really know uh he the movie itself might still move forward with the script but he just doesn't want to really direct it and it, this is kind of this this goes against something he said earlier in the week though because he he did say earlier in the week that he'd be willing to do kill bill volume three uh after he's done doing other stuff so like, but kill bill is just one movie you know yeah okay <laughs> he can make that's what he's gonna do he's gonna make his 10th movie and then he's just gonna make six kill bills <laughs> he's gonna be like they're all one movie it's like a 20 hour movie jesus it's like Christ. star wars <laughs> you could direct a million star wars movies um he, he always contradicts himself he changes his mind i think it's a little it'll be interesting that the i haven't heard that he wanted to go smaller for his 10th movie mm-hmm. um i'm not sure how i feel about that i kind of want him to go out with a huge bang but at the same time his roots are smaller so we'll we'll see go I'll to something like really to low bu- go something but, uh, to i the guess budget. i'll give this a bergeron go to something the budget of reservoir dogs for his last movie <laughs> yeah just that. saw the best movie of all time was made on a budget of a million dollars so I took off my sweatshirt. It's really hot in this basement. <laughs> yeah. I'll just keep taking off clothes for you, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, I see how this is. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I'm I'm going to give it probably a Bergeron as well. I mean, it's kind of like... I'm, I kind of have the same opinion as you, but, I mean, if he, if he knows what he wants to do for his last movie and it's going to be good, then whatever. I don't really care. Um... Yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron. I hope they still make the R-rated Star Trek movie, though. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, so, next up, um, Kathleen Kennedy, in an interview this week, uh, and, uh, said mentioned something about that they're going to abandon the trilogy structure after this uh, movie, this last Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. movie. Uh, she said, I think it gives us more open, more open-ended view of storytelling and doesn't lock us into the three-act structure. We're not going to have some finite number and fit it into a box. We're really going to let the story dictate that. Um, and alongside with that, she said that she won't be, they won't be abandoning, abandoning characters from the new, newest trilogy. Uh, so we may get more movies that include them. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that, you know, you get a movie that maybe has, like, a Poe Dameron cameo in it or something. Yeah, I think that would be the extent, but we're not getting a Poe Dameron trilo- or trilogy. We're, well, we're definitely not getting that, but we're not getting a Poe Dameron movie. Yeah. It's not happening. No. I don't think the actors want to do it. Um, no. Everyone's just tired with how the public has been, like, reacting to these movies. And it's just, like, my thing with Lucasfilm is, like, why... Did you not have a plan? Yeah. They very much won all of this, which was just, I mean, I'm of the opinion that they've, I think the worst movie they've made is either Rogue One or Solo. And those are still like incredibly decent movies. I mean, they're better than I think the worst of the Marvel movies, which has a very similar like high floor, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um. So... It's just like, but why? Why did you not have a, like a plan? Why did you just? Yeah. Why did you make episode seven without knowing where episode eight and episode nine were going? Uh, or, I don't know. I just think it's such a the, weird. It was such a weird move to take, and I didn't. I don't understand it either. I, uh, 
I think though that them abandoning the trilogy trilogy structure would be better for if they continue to want to make movies like the like the, the way they have been, because then they can just like make a movie and not have to worry about how the next movie is going to be or whatever. What well, just yeah. Well, I, you shouldn't have had to like figure this out in the first place yeah i mean i think we saw that with solo like they planned solo being a trilogy that's true and, and that's not it, happening <laughs> no I, I just have a plan just know what you're going to do i don't care if it's a trilogy i don't i don't think they should say we're not going to do trilogies anymore because i think that's stupid because what if you what if your story dictates it's a trilogy unless that's what well, Unless that's what she implying. said. She said yeah, okay. if the story dictates it, they'll do like a series or trilogy or whatever. But, but I don't know. It, <laughs> it just seems like Lucasfilm has no idea what they're doing. Mm-mm. Is being very, it managed haphazardly, um, and they they keep saying that they take such great, that they aim to take such great care of Star Wars, but they're i mean they're they're doing their best to make movies but like the fact that they don't have a plan suggests to me that they're not being very strategic about how they want to take care of star wars no i mean they're they're keeping the star wars idea in people's heads but it's just like i don't know you're not really like you're not doing anything better than like the original trilogy did for star wars or like even really the prequels did because at least the prequels came out like 20 years after or whatever I think I think the main issue that happened was they opened the floodgates like right away. Mm. They didn't they didn't build up to it. Like imagine Marvel just released like four movies a year the first yeah. three years of their plan. That would not have worked. Yeah, we'd have had the Avengers like the year after Iron Man came out. <laughs> yeah. So I think I mean I think that's why Episode Seven was so successful. But then after that. I mean, episode eight, sure, made, and Rogue One, but I mean, like, you've seen the decline. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, the Mandalorian's been really good uh, yeah, for the we'll most get to part. That in a bit. Um, but just, I think I'd like to see more shows. Me too. Me too. Honestly. I'm going to um, give this, I'm going to give this a Bergeron. <laughs> I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a Bergeron too. I just like Lucasfilm has just seemed like they just need to get their act together. Like sure. I'm, I'm not a huge like Kathleen Kennedy hater because her career is amazing. I mean like mm. the things she's been involved with and helped create are <coughs> yeah. like <laughs> are like amazing treasures of cinema. So I, I think to like blame everything on her is is unfair, at least without acknowledging how much of an impact she's made on Hollywood. For sure. So, yeah, but they need to get their act together at Lucasfilm, and I think they're finally doing it, but they should have had it right away. It, and to me, that's inexcusable, because it's Star Wars, and you should have known that. Yeah, Bergeron. I agree with what Jimmy's saying. Um, okay, more Star Wars news, and this is arguably way more important. Uh, so, it was revealed that if you say Rise of Skywalker spoilers to the Burger King app, you get a free Whopper. What? <laughs> if you go see the rise of skywalker or learn spoilers and you open up the burger king app and you say those spoilers to the app you get a free coupon uh, coupon for a free whopper 
Han Solo dies. <laughs> you get a free Whopper. It's Is that like, true? Yeah, it's true. Although, disclaimer, it's only in Germany. Oh. <laughs> I know. I built you up, Jimmy. I was getting you real excited to go see Star Wars, epi- or Star Wars Episode Nine opening night and then go get your free Whopper at Burger King. Now you can't. Sorry, bud. No. Sorry. <laughs> that was just something Did you get I your sl- tickets yet? You nope. weirdo. I'm, oh, okay. So I have decided that I'm go- I'm not going opening night because it's like all sold out. <laughs> but um, imagine that. <laughs> I'm going to a 1 a.m. showing on Saturday. <laughs> wow. I'm glad that'll be the ideal time to see it. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna be really like tired it. and like falling asleep at the end of the movie. Great. I'm already seeing it Thursday and Friday. So. Oh wow. Yeah. I take it seriously, Holden. I'm gonna have seen it. I'm going to have seen it twice. I certainly don't. I don't care about Star Wars. Hot take. (coughs) That I'm sure no one knew already. Um, Anyway, so moving on from Star Wars news, because I don't care about it. Uh, So Watchmen TV show just ended. I haven't watched all of it yet, so I don't know how it ends. I'm not going to talk about that. But Damon Lindelof has said that he wants Watchmen to only be a one-season show. He always envisioned Mm -hmm. it as having a beginning, middle, and end. Which I guess I didn't... money. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess I didn't realize that, that that was, like, the idea. But I guess I never, like, heard anything about second season ideas or anything. Um, but Damon Lindelof, he's like, I don't feel inclined to continue the story without a reason to do so, which would be money, I guess. Um, but if he thinks <laughs> of an idea... Yeah. But if he thinks of an idea, he's willing to write it. He said he's, like, taking a vacation... And he's going to be thinking up of ideas for stuff. And if he comes up with a new Watchmen idea, he'll he'll write it. But apparently Watchmen ends and it has a conclusive ending, I guess. I don't know. Interesting. I would hope so if it's just going to be a one yeah. season thing. It's not like Half-Life 2. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 2 or Hey, that was supposed is. to have a third episode. That's not... You know what? That's just Valve's the mismanagement. That's what I'm calling it. Hot take. Kathleen Kennedy over at Valve. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm going to give it a, a Broca, I guess? Because I, I respect when shows know when to end, and if this is when they want to end, and if it's good, like apparently it is, then cool. Broca. Broca, yeah. There you go. Um, so this is also kind of another funny thing. So Golden Globe nominations happen, Jimmy. No one cares did about we get, the Golden Globes. Did we get nominated? Did we? <laughs> Did we? I, I wish. <laughs> um, best, best picture that one movie podcast. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Golden Globe nominations happened. Uh, no one cares about them because uh, <laughs> rumor has it that you can just bribe people for nominations. That's what I've heard. Uh, I don't know how tr- how much truth there is to that, but no one really cares about it. It's like the People's Choice Awards. Whatever. Well, being the Hollywood insider that you are, Holden, yeah, yeah, take your word for it. <laughs> Reading rumors on the internet. Um, anyway, so there were some like interesting developments with that. First of all, Game of Thrones only got one nomination, and that was for Best Actor for Kit Harington. Really? Yeah. Uh, Joker was nominated three times for Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Director. Um, and Lion King was all. Lion King was nominated for Best Animated Feature. <laughs> People like the Lion King, man. No, but I I find it r- just really funny because like everyone's calling it a live action movie, but it's <laughs> oh, not. Sure. 
and it's animated. And apparently, this is also something I didn't write this down, but I saw that apparently Disney did not submit it for best animated feature. They submitted it for like the other categories. <laughs> but then, like the the Golden Globes are just like, nah, this is animated. <laughs> Nobody cares anyway. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that's not something we have to rate. I just found that news funny. I'm gonna get. Yeah. I'll, I'll give that news a bro call. Whatever. <laughs> you think Damien Chazelle's cherishing his Golden Globe Best Music Slash Comedy for La La Land? No, man. <laughs> he wanted that. He wanted that Academy Award. <laughs> it probably is the Golden Globe thrown in the in the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just a paperweight. It is. <laughs> it's like a Grammy uh, Award. Boom roasted. <laughs> Bergeron, there you go. Let's All move right. on. Let's pick up the pace, Holden. Listen, hey, you're the one who talked for Star Wars about Star Wars for like ten minutes, Jimmy. We're going. Um, anyway, so I didn't realize this, but apparently a trailer for Quiet Place Two was released this week, but only alongside Black Christmas in theaters. I told you we should have saw, saw that, Holden. Yeah, jeez, what am I doing? I'm really bringing down the podcast. But anyway, I I wrote down on the notes. I'm like, I don't want to go see Black Christmas, so I guess I'm not seeing this. <laughs> um, um, but apparently, from what the footage shows, it's not a very long trailer. It's more of a teaser. But apparently, it might take place right after the first one, uh, based on what's implied. Like, I think Emily Blunt has like a bandage on her foot from when she stepped on that nail. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so I think it, it might be taking place right after, or at least very soon after the first one. I, okay, I guess. I mean, I thought, I don't know. <laughs> the end of the first one, I guess, was fine. Yeah. It seemed I, very, I feel like the second one could be very different, but maybe not in a good way. We'll yeah, see. I'm interested to see where they go. I, I still hope they really lean into, like, the the silence the first movie had. Yeah, because that's what made that movie so unique was how like quiet it was and like the lack of dialogue for most of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna give it since I haven't seen it. I'm gonna give it a Bergeron. Bergeron for me as well. All right. Um, this actually pertains a little bit to one of our topics this week, Jimmy. But Jack Black may be retiring. Did you hear this? I heard about this. Hold yeah. On. Um, so he, he's been apparently thinking about it for a while, um, because he wants to spend more time with his family. He feels like he's been away too much. I mean, a combination with his acting career and also his band that he's in, I'm sure that's very true. Um, and he's, he says he may do one or two more. He's not sure yet, but it's possible that Jumanji, the next level might be his last movie. Yeah. I think, uh. Or just like selectively do movies, maybe. Yeah. Just tone it way down. I guess he probably has been doing that more. Yeah. Well, I would guess. I. I mean, most people who retire from acting aren't aren't opposed to like coming back. It, like if something sounds promising, or if they get paid enough money to do so. <laughs> well, I mean, look at like Leonardo DiCaprio. He does like a movie every two years now. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and uh, even even uh, bigger. Uh, example is like Daniel Day Lewis, who did a movie like every five years. <laughs> oh yeah, um, he's retired now though, supposedly. Um, but I mean, like Robert Redford. I mean, he's supposedly currently retired, but he came back to do that thing in Avengers. I'm sure that was a money thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Um. I'm going to give that a Brokaw because good for him. He wants to spend time with his family. He's had a I, good, he's had an, a, a spotty run, but you know he's got some good movies. 
Jack Black is great. I love Jack Black. It's a Brokaw. My favorite Jack Black movie has got to be School of Rock. What about oh, Nacho yeah. Libre? I, I've tried to watch that movie twice. <laughs> Get that corn out of my face! <laughs> I I just have not gotten into it. I'm sorry. It's Jesus. a cult classic. It's, I, I don't like it that much either, if I'm honest. Some I'm people a, love that movie. I don't get it. It's it's like fine. I think like that corn line I just said I think is really funny. There's like a couple funny moments, but yeah, whatever. Um, okay. Uh, I just uh, one more piece of news. Um, Idris Elba, who's been cast in su- the, the Suicide Squad, not Suicide and, Squad, and Cats. And cats. <laughs> um, Idris Elba, uh, it was rumored he might be playing the hero or anti-hero Vigilante. Um, and Vigilante, I wasn't sure who he was, but he, it was described online as like DC's Daredevil. Because uh, he's like an attorney during the daytime and he's a superhero at night. So yeah, that just sounds like Daredevil, but he's probably not blind. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess... Uh, he was originally rumored to play Deadshot because Will Smith wasn't coming back for this one, so people thought he was being uh, That's right. uh, a Deadshot recast. We but, talked about that. Yeah, we did. Um, but no, he's, I guess he's playing this guy who's basically Batman, but an attorney. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what do you think, Jimmy? I like Idris Elba. I'll give this a Brokaw. Yeah, I, I give it a Brokaw as well. Can't wait to see him in Cats next weekend, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're, not, we're not seeing cats, are we? We are seeing cats. When? Uh, Never. We'll find a time. No, we won't. <laughs> we, we certainly will. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to move on to our review of Mandalorian Episode 6. Holden spoilers, obviously. Of course. If you haven't seen the last five episodes or even this sixth episode, what are you doing, guys? You what are you to be doing on it. later, Holden? What? What are you doing later? That's the end of the episode. <laughs> Classic Jimmy. Anyway, uh, yeah, you should be watching Mandalorian right when it comes out like we are. I actually Man. forgot that the episode came out this week, so I watched it like a couple days later. <laughs> I did, too. I watched it. Well, I what day later, I guess. But um, I... Uh, this is a good episode. I really liked this episode. This is one of my favorites. Yeah, I would say uh, two, three, and six are oh, yeah. like f- the cut above the rest for me. Certainly. And, uh, Certainly. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite part of this, or the part I just kind of got, made me the most giddy, which is kind of weird, but it was like the set design of the ship. Oh, yeah. I, I as loved soon as they- the look of the ship. As soon as they entered the ship, I was like, "Oh man, this is some uh, this is some rebel blockade runner stuff for you." Yeah, but it, but it was like not, it was like an evolution of that, and that's yeah. what I really liked. And I was just watching it. I'm like, "Man, this would look good with some just all red lighting." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lo and behold, later in the episode, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah. I love how. Mando is just Batman <laughs> too. And then you got like the horror elements of it. Mm-hmm. And he's going into like the vents and stuff and and he's like against killing people. He's just Batman in this episode. He this is. is just a Batman <laughs> movie in the Star Wars universe. I was really hoping cuz there's that one there's that one part where it looks like someone dies 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, <laughs> where, where the big devil guy gets crushed in the door. Yeah. And which is, by the way, the funniest part of the episode. I was laughing my ass off at that point. Um, but I was really hoping he was actually dead. I kind of wish he had killed them. Yeah, I because I, I I guess I'm already getting into like my negative for this episode. Um, but I felt like the fact that no one died kind of like reinforced that the show just doesn't have like a lot of stakes. I guess to me not so far cur- not currently like you yeah. can tell that they're building more because like the only the only person you see die in this episode is a robot yeah which is i mean like also like what i was also seeing that like the one of the reasons why there were robots in this episode was just so they could kill all of them instead of having a bunch of just like so uh like rebels or whatever that the uh bounty hunters killed like the, the well, robots the, on the ship the rebel guy dies the guy who voices oh, yeah, Anakin, Sky- Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars is did the he? guy. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I don't know if you caught this, but did you recognize Dave Filoni and the other directors as the X-wing pilots? No, I didn't. Re- I didn't know it, that. I I recognized Dave Filoni right away, and then I figured there was like a um, Asian pilot was one of them and i was like i wonder if that's deborah chow and it was and then there was another guy uh a black guy in that i think is mike fuyama something like that um he's the guy who directed this episode and also episode two or three okay. i don't know so but anyway episodes anyway but deborah chow and mike i think it's mike fuyama something like that they have done i think they've combined to do two three and six i believe okay but so they've done the really good ones and then dave filoni is the other x-wing pilot so like you got like the the trifecta there all you needed was good old john favreau but uh, bob Iger was keeping him in his cage and taika watiti he's already in it he didn't he did the robot which yeah which one is he directing he's doing the last episode i think oh so we'll get some nice Kiwi humor in that one, huh? Yeah, and Deborah Chow's doing the Obi-Wan series, correct? I believe? Maybe. I don't know. I think she is. But um, yeah, they're really good. I didn't I had never heard of either of them um outside of uh, Dave Filoni before the series, and I'm very impressed with their directing. Yeah. Um I also noticed uh my man Mr. Krabs as the as the devil guy. Oh, that's the guy who plays Mr. Krabs. Yeah, Clancy Brown. He's also the the guard in Shawshank, and uh, <laughs> oh man, very very prolific voice actor and just like notable guy who pops up in random things. And then also my man, the guy from Batman Begins, who gets yelled at by Batman. Where were the other drugs going? And he's hanging upside down. That's the guy who like has the bearded guy in the spaceship. Who's like, good luck. He's kind of like the leader. Who hired oh, that's them. him. Yeah. Very bearded huh. up. I didn't really I imagine like kind of the oh, ring yeah. leader. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's the he's the dirty dirty cop or whatever. The Matt dirty cop, yeah. Yeah. He's corrupt. My, my dad uh my dad pointed that out to me. I remember that. Um I think I don't know what the kind of the um leader of the team who he is. The guy who's like kind of yeah, like Yeah, he seems like I should have like recognized him. 
it seemed like Simon Pegg mis- mixed with Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot. So a lot of great cameos and stuff. What did you think about that little Canto bite line? <laughs> oh, I thought that was cheeky. <laughs> I did too. I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, oh, nice job. <laughs> <laughs> I like all the little references and stuff. Yeah. But um, like, go ahead. Oh, I... I have I mentioned on here about how they like have referenced the Star Wars holiday special in this series? I believe you have. Okay. Well, I, I don't think I mentioned this part, but apparently the Mandalorian's like rifle thing that's super cool is what Boba Fett, uh-huh. like his gun in that animated segment of the holiday special. Yep. That's it's so true. cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't realize that until I, my dad mentioned it to me a couple weeks ago and I forgot to mention it on the podcast, but there we go. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I, I would say this episode started a little slow for me, and I was kind of like, I was being a little pessimistic about it. I'm like, man, this show's kind of starting to run out of some steam for me. Like the first, the first or second and third episode were like, I just was totally on board, but like four and five are like, you know, good, but not great. And then, and then, you know, after the first 10 minutes of this episode or eight minutes or whatever, I thought it was just excellent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the whole like trap with the X-wing pilots and everything. That clever. was so. That was good. <laughs> I was like, what? What about that? Sh- the rebel ships that were coming. Where are they? Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> Mando knows. He knows. Mando's got it. Well, as soon as he like they they made sure to like acknowledge that something was gonna happen with that tracking beacon. So I figured oh, something yeah. was gonna happen. But yeah. I also so a couple of more standout points of the episode. One, when he takes out all the droids, mm-hmm. excellent, just excellent like combat in this episode in general. Um, so that point, when he rips that one droid's arm off, <laughs> yeah. when he's in the cell, yeah, that was good. Um, the kind of Mexican standoff with the rebel uh, guy, mm-hmm. and they're deciding what they're going to do with him. Also the. Simon Pegg slash Jason Statham's little third gun that comes out. <laughs> that was pretty mm-hmm. funny. I liked that. That was a nice little touch. That Mexican standoff for me, uh, I find stuff like that so funny because just more and more people get involved and they're just pointing more and more guns at each other. I always find that stuff really funny. <laughs> um, and then the final uh, sort of thing is the cross-cutting between Mando hunting everybody down um, and Baby Yoda that whole chase thing and then there's another element to it that i cannot remember that that moment when baby yoda is about to use the force on the droid and then mando like shoots him and baby yoda like looks at his hand think because he thinks he did (laughs) that that was really funny (laughs) i love that whole hide and go seek bit baby yoda's so good continues to be so good yes um yeah but i think that basically wraps up my thoughts on the episode Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think that's about it for me, too. Very solid episode. Uh, score for me, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Okay. Um, God, I wish I like would write down what I'd score what I scored these episodes. Um, too bad The Mandalorian's not on Letterboxd, am I right? <laughs> Got me there, Jimmy. Um, yeah, I'll give it I'll give it an 8.8. Wow. <laughs> I don't want to okay, give it a nine. <laughs> eight point eight, 
but I'll still give it game of the year at control. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, that's that for Mandalorian Episode 6. Now we're moving on to our review of... Jimmy, throw one of them in there. <laughs> Marriage Story. Marriage Story. Here we go. So non-spoiler review first, of course. Uh, um, if Although you I want to propose something to you right here, I think we should marriage story. <laughs> that pun was obviously intended. <laughs> um, but Jimmy, I want to no synopsis. Um, no, no, no. I sh- maybe we should. I feel like this movie is very hard to talk about without spoiling it. Because a lot of my like praise for it is like so intertwined with what happens in the movie so maybe we should just like give brief opinions and yeah like, i think so a few things at the beginning okay so the best part of this movie is the acting is oh, very yeah. good incredible adam driver scarlett johansson um i don't think we'll give a synopsis for this because i feel like the synopsis is a little bit of a spoiler in of itself yeah i honestly if you like somehow didn't know anything about this movie if you just watched it and like from the beginning just on a whim i think it would almost be better i think I mean, so I despite think that's as mu- a way despite how it. much i loved it after having seen a trailer and stuff oh i see i didn't know any of that oh so, really yeah okay. i thought it was great okay yeah uh yeah i think it, it, you could go either way if you really want to like kind of see what kind of movie it is you can watch a trailer but i almost recommend not but yeah um also, I mean, aside from just, I I also want to give uh, props to like Laura Dern in this movie. Yep. As the, uh, uh, well, I guess I can't spoil, but Laura no. Dern in this movie uh, is very good, and she has been getting some praise for it. But once we get more into spoiler talk, I want to talk as to why she's so good. I really and uh, Ray Liotta. Yeah, who I didn't well. know was Ray. Liotta. I I thought it was just a guy who looked like Ray Liotta. <laughs> And so I went the whole movie. I'm like, this guy looks a lot like Reliato. Why is he in this? Like, who is this guy? And then I look, I get to the credits. I'm like, oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. there's a yeah. I was surprised to see Laura Dern and Reliato in this movie, but they were both excellent. And surprises. Alan Alda, yeah, as well. Alan Alda, Hawkeye from Mash. For those of you who don't know. Um, but overall, excellent acting, uh, excellent writing. Yeah. Just a, like a very, very effective, very human drama that with mm-hmm. a lot of moral and character ambiguity. Yeah. That it just felt very real. Um the emotions were raw and and I just thought the the people behind this film uh, sold it in every regard i think it was it's truly one of the better films that we've seen this year oh certainly certainly the screenplay for it is so good mm-hmm. like i and i'm really glad it got some as much as i as much as i just shit on the golden globes i'm really glad that it uh that they got nominated for best screenplay at the uh, golden globes um because it's very much it's very deserving of it no acting nominations? Uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't actually look at the full list of nominations. When I was going through the nominations, I was, I just happened to glance at that. 
because I, I there were a few that I was like looking for, so I wasn't looking at all of them. But um, yeah, uh, I'm sure it was nominated for acting awards. There's no way it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I do want to say anything else, or should we just get right into I our think we should scores? Get spoilers. Let's give our rating. I think I'm going to give Marriage Story a 9.5 out of 10. Uh, yeah, same here. 9.5 as well. It's really, really, really good. Yeah. And you should watch it. Incredible. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. You don't have an excuse not to watch it. Anyway, spoiler talk for Marriage Story. Jimmy, um, where do we want to begin? Uh, the I want to talk about the first 10 minutes of the movie, which is so good. I mean, I don't remember exactly where the cutoff point is. Okay, because you, whole... you need to remind me because it's been a Well, I saw this movie the same night as you, but if, you, if something sticks out in your mind, you need to remind me what it was. Yeah, definitely. But the first 10 minutes when they're... Uh, re- so they have the letters the that they wrote mm-hmm. that they're supposed to share with each other at... So big spoiler... Again, if you haven't seen this movie, it's on Netflix. Stop listening to this right now and just watch it, okay? Yeah. It's on Netflix because there's no going back after this. <laughs> Three, two. We're one. already in the spoilers section, okay. but we're giving another warning. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, they're getting divorced, and this whole movie is about the. It's really divorce story, or mm-hmm. even more, uh, adic- or more appropriate sad story that's <laughs> what they should have called it um but uh so the first 10 minutes they're reading the letters to each other that they were supposed to write and it's this montage and it's super happy it's great it's it's very heartwarming mm. um i loved the camera movement and the transitions and the pacing the editing everything about it and then just the hard cut to the the divorce counseling yeah was so effective was that really was that all in like 10 minutes because i thought it was shorter than that i like i said i don't i don't remember it was probably shorter i would imagine okay but yeah um, no i mean um and that's something that i i mean i saw the trailer and that's something the trailer did too and i thought was pretty effective in the trailer so maybe it just didn't stick out to me as much in the movie um, it did a very similar thing where they're they're talking about how much or like what they like about each other, and then I think it I think maybe that hard cuts to a courtroom, or something. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I get that. That is effective. Um, I think. Uh, oh, what do I want to talk about next? Because I love a lot of this movie. Um, I, okay. I, I think one of the things that sticks out and I'm sure it stuck out to you too, was, uh, Scarlett Johansson's monologue. Oh yeah. And that was, uh, towards the beginning of the movie. And I, I actually went and rewatched it before, uh, we recorded today and it's about six minutes long and it's a single, single take, uh, like single shot of her just like talking to Laura Dern's, uh, attorney character and, be uh, coming out and basically saying like how her relationship with charlie uh, her character's name is nicole how nicole's uh, relationship with charlie kind of went throughout the years how it started uh, what made mm-hmm. it end and it's just i i don't really know what to say about it but it's just very good i really like her own comparison to uh george harrison 
um yeah and his <laughs> wife i thought that was great especially because i just i just last year uh for blues jazz and rock just did a uh at our at our college just did a research project involving that um but i her her saying like well I want to be like seeing George Harrison's wife in this documentary like why can't I be like her and then she says well then I realize I don't even remember her name yeah, I thought that was I, a really really good bit that was a very effective line definitely mm-hmm. yeah uh, and that actually I'm going to be a little bit more broad with my theme uh, with uh, themes right now but that kind of goes into one of the things I liked it go uh Nicole and Charlie are like very different and ha- how they like and how they're sympathetic because Nicole like wears her emotions on her sleeve for a lot of this movie like it's I think it's a lot more easy to be sympathetic with her like right from the get-go because she's like oh like Charlie doesn't listen to her and Charlie may have cheated on her and all of this and but her like kind of neg- like she's not very good at looking at it from Charlie's perspective I guess because she's always kind of looking at it like, oh, Charlie's not doing what I want to do and stuff, um, and or not doing what I've like asked him to do. And meanwhile, like Charlie is more hides how he's feeling, um, and he also is guilty. They're not very good at communicating because he's also guilty of not really like listening to his wife. And oh such. yeah, Charlie, like he just hears what he wants to hear, or he yeah. interprets the things the way he wants to hear it. But he's yeah. also incredibly compassionate mm-hmm. at the yeah. same time, especially like with his kid. But at the same time, there's that disconnect because he's so motivated by his career. Yeah. And, well, and like, yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, I mean, because there's like this recurring thing throughout the movie whenever he's talking to a lawyer or someone, he always likes to focus on the fact that he lives in New York. Mm-hmm. And that's like what, he, like, what he wants to hear he wants to hear that like they still live as a family in new york technically and like he wants like custodies to still remain in new york and everything because that's what he wants even though like what people are telling him is different well yeah so like to be like to be fair to charlie they did live in new york for 10 years i think it was like so like you can understand where he's coming from like no wait we lived we live in new york we're a new york family like what are you talking about um however like i think another one of the big themes of this is just how manipulative and kind of awful the divorce system oh yeah divorce system can be and how it kind of promotes being vicious and uh and i could not believe that behavior because like if this movie is like telling the truth it just like seems it seems like the worst shit in the world (laughs) Well, and I think it's, I think that's, that's one of the great things about this, this uh, film is the moral ambiguity and the, the mm-hmm. character ambiguity of they're both good people and terrible people at the same time. Yeah. And one of Charlie's positive attributes is that he wants to be very gentle in this process of getting a divorce and, mm-hmm. and like kind of the inciting incident of the film is not really the divorce it's more so um what was uh scarlett johansson's character's name again nicole nicole um so like the inciting incident of the film is when nicole 
goes to Laura Dern, I think, really, because that's yeah. when it that's when everything starts to happen because they were just going to do it without lawyers and just separate yeah. like that. Cause they're like, they're very amicable with each other. Like they, they, I mean, unlike a lot of divorces and stuff you see in, in TV and movies, like they're pretty, I think this is like, it, this is a very realistic portrayal of like a different kind of divorce where they just kind of like realize they're not, they, they have different ideas and whatnot. And I like how, and she doesn't even go to the lawyer out of like spite or anything. It's just like, oh, this is probably a good idea to just mm-hmm. do it like this. And, you know, she says it's going to be amicable and it's going to be easy. They're not going to punish Charlie. They're just like, she is, goes into it with all the right intentions. Yeah. But like Laura Dern's character plays the game. Yeah. Of this. And the like, Game of Thrones. The, yeah. And you either <laughs> win or you die. But one of my favorite lines of the the film is when she's like, well, we could have gotten this or that or whatever. And she's like, or they got 55% of whatever. Yeah. And Nicole's like, oh, I didn't want that. We, I wanted 50-50. And she's like, well, I figured why not just take it to win? And Nicole's yeah. like, okay, I guess. <laughs> like just how bad the system is and how like have to pay for each other's stuff and it's just mm-hmm. like not good for them at all and all the benefits no. are going to like the court system <laughs> really yeah. the lawyers are getting all the benefits well it, and even within like the the court system itself like you have Al- alan alda's character who's like trying to be kind of more from their side like mm-hmm. trying to be very nice about it and then like that just doesn't work and so charlie fires him because he's not getting anywhere with it well, it it works, but like the the way this, I think the situation they found there some of them was that it the situation favored uh, Nicole so much, yeah. That they really the fact that Nicole had a favorable situation and the more aggressive lawyer meant mm-hmm. that Charlie needed an aggressive lawyer, otherwise he would have just been decimated. Sure. Uh, by the the judge, it's the judge's ruling. But yeah, very interesting to see that all play out. And yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a worst case scenario for that sort of thing. Like I imagine mm-hmm. all divorces are not like this, but yeah. um, <laughs> how something can go from people just wanting to separate, you know, and still be friendly with each other to something that turns really vicious, but then has that hope at the end. And I thought the ending of the film was also highly effective just yeah. that little glimmer of humanity and, and happiness and all that. Yeah. I thought, um, I also thought the movie like had some funny moments, which worked really well. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it really helped alleviate from like the, the depressing, uh, not really depressing, but just like the, the, the drama around it. Um, like one of my one of my favorite funny scenes is like when Nicole's uh, Nicole's sister when they're trying when they're oh, trying yeah. to like figure out who's going to give the uh uh serve the divorce papers to uh Charlie and just like her sister being able to like comprehend like oh like how when am I supposed to do this how am I supposed to do this she's just like really nervous mm-hmm. and I I thought that was very funny I thought Nicole's mom was also very funny yeah yeah she was i'm trying to remember what i recognize her from because i feel like i recognize her from some, i don't know 
I didn't yeah. look it up. <laughs> uh, and then also just like their relationship with their kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all that. And I think but, that that really helps you make it feel more sympathetic for Charlie because for a lot of the movie, the kids just like, I don't want to hang out with you, but all like Charlie wants is to be with his kid. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it would be funny. If they're just like, he's just playing with some like action figures or something. And he's got like the Kylo Ren figure off to the side. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, why don't you want to play with this one? Huh? And he's like, no, this that one's good, not, that one's not. One. <laughs> that one's not right. I don't really like that one. No, this this one's. Look at his lightsaber. It's got a cross. <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> Kylo Ren's the coolest Star Wars character. It's just not. I don't, I don't really like. No, he's really. really like he's really great. You should play with him. I thought <laughs> probably like a little in his face. a little on the nose, but that's what I was kind of that thinking good. when he's had that disconnect. <laughs> Adam Driver is just a very interesting actor because he he kind of is typecast a little. But he seems to be great in everything he's in. Yeah. He's just kind of like, he's really good at just being an everyman. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, I one of the movies I, I really want to see that he's in is Patterson. I've Have seen it. The, yeah. You've seen it? Is it mm-hmm. good? It's good. I like it. Yeah. I really want to see that movie, uh, per, especially after. Yeah. It's some... Uh, it's, uh, I think if you liked this, you would also like Patterson. Patterson has less of a plot... Yeah, I know that, but um, but it's also very much a relationship and all that, and I would I would rewatch it. Yeah, I think Patterson's definitely worth a watch. Okay, cool. Um, anything else about this movie? One thing I will say is that there are some shots that are just kind of blown out in certain areas, which is really? odd. Yeah, some of the exposure seems off. But it doesn't really matter, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the movie is just like you're so into the story that the the somewhat technical uh, off-putting of like the exposure is not exactly right or whatever. Um, it just like I don't even care. <laughs> like, I, it took me out of this movie for a, probably about all of one second. But um, guess again, I didn't notice. And I think I would imagine this movie. I think the budget was eighteen million. I think I just saw, but um, I would imagine a lot of that went to just paying all the actors. Oh yeah, certainly. Because it's. I mean, there's nothing like that really requires a lot of money in no. this movie. I don't think. Besides them. And then Scarlett I. Johansson and Adam I looked Driver. it. I looked it up, and Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson were both nominated for acting awards. At oh, the yay. Golden Globes. Yay. Good for them. Anything else to add, Holden? Um, oh, I oh, I guess, because I, I mentioned it in the non-spoiler part, but I wanted to mention that Laura Dern is really good in this movie because and uh, she kind of plays a similar character to what she plays in Big Little Lies, um, but she's just very, like, good at being fake nice. Yeah. Like rewatching that monologue, and I think maybe that's what made me think of it. Like rewatching her interactions with Scarlett Johansson in that scene, it's just like I really hate her, but I can understand why Scarlett Johansson's like falling for it. Yeah, yeah. I think she's she's not necessarily like evil either. She's just very good at her job. Yeah, and very competitive. Exactly. I mean. 
Yeah, because, I mean, she's not, like, the antagonist of the movie. It's more just, like, the court system, I guess, if you had to c- pick one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's it for me, though. Yeah, I think we're ready to talk about Jumanji. Jumanji, the next level. Holden, again, non-spoiler review. All the stuff is in the time codes or the description for the time codes. Check that. Jumanji, the next level. Imagine the first one. If you're listening to this review, you've probably seen the first one. I mean, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, which is the second one. Okay, the reboot. <laughs> That's the. F- it's not. It's a sequel. It's in the same world. It is. Yeah. That's dumb. Because in be the second reboot. in the second movie, when they find Nick Jonas's uh... character, when they find Nick Jonas's character, they find a carving on the house in the hut that has Robin Williams's character's name on it. Okay, fine. The second one. <laughs> if you've seen Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Then you yeah. know it's a video game. They get caught in the video game. Well, this one, they get caught in the video game again, but Danny DeVito and uh, <laughs> Danny Glover also get caught in the video game. They're also there. And that's the whole shtick. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. This whole- Okay. <laughs> this movie is literally just the same movie. <laughs> I think, like, they add a couple new characters and, like, add some new settings. But for the most part, this movie is, like, the exact same thing. I think this movie is the same as the first one, but in my opinion, like better in every single regard. And I don't, I I honestly mm -hmm. enjoyed as someone who is looking forward to the, the first of the, the first sequel. Okay. Jumanji welcome to the jungle. I was looking forward to that. And I was ultimately thought it was fine. This one. I thought I enjoyed quite a bit more. I have some like, I, I have some problems with this movie. I can understand what your what your like where your opinions coming from because I think a lot of things are better, but I think maybe just more missed opportunities from my perspective uh, for the negatives. I don't know. Um, I I guess we can talk about the acting first because I want to talk about Kevin Hart playing Danny Glover is really good. Oh yeah, I think Kevin Hart. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black. I think I will. I think everybody kind of nails it in this. Yeah. Um, well, and Aquafina. <laughs> yeah, Aquafina's good. I I just really liked Kevin Kevin Hart doing his Danny Glover impression, like just going on these like tangents <laughs> in his like <laughs> sultry voice. I, I thought was very very entertaining. <laughs> I and I, I thought yeah I did. On that same on like that same note though, I did not love The Rock's Danny DeVito. I thought really? it was really inconsistent. Yeah. Wow, I agree to disagree there. <laughs> I thought it was like okay. I thought there were some lines that were definitely very funny, but I thought like his accent like thing kept coming in and out, and I thought like sometimes he just seemed like The Rock. To me. Yeah, I don't know. I agreed to disagree, I guess, on that one. <laughs> didn't take me out of the movie but i also don't have i haven't watched it's always sunny and all that so i don't i'm not as familiar with danny devito as you are yeah well danny devito in this movie is just like older danny an old version of danny devito and it's always sunny he just acts like the same character 
he's not as like just a terrible person but besides that he's he's very similar but i yeah so my opinion of this movie is i think it's funnier i think the action is better i think the character arcs are more interesting and i think the emotional moments hit for me more i just think the environment just the way they use the video game sort of element was more interesting for me in this one i just enjoyed this one more like in every regard um i just thought there was more at play and i thought the acting was better in this one and the Uh, direction everything you mentioning the video game elements that's actually one of my biggest problems with the movie because i felt like they just did the same things from the last movie and they didn't do enough new to like make it like there were a lot of opportunities one of the things uh, one of the specific moments i guess well i'll have to talk about it in spoilers but there's like a specific moment where they could have used some like very good like modern video game cliches and they just didn't and i felt like there were moments like that throughout the movie because i felt like aside from you know you got like that your stats or whatever your strengths and weaknesses you got that you got like the npcs and stuff and you got the cut the one cut scene at the beginning and whatever i felt like they did not utilize the video game components like in an original way at this point yeah i guess it just didn't bother me like i think that stuff in the first movie i didn't find that entertaining or it was all in the trailer or whatever and yeah so Okay. I I just thought like the characters more I was more invested in the characters this time than I was the first time. Sure. And I think that kind of sold def- me on the movie more so on this one than the first one. I definitely agree with that because I think like um like the main character Spencer, I think his name is. I mm-hmm. think he has like his character is really good in this movie. And I really li- like I like that idea of uh I I don't know. Is it a spoiler to talk about his like his motivation? I don't think I don't think so. Since it's so early on in the film, and because like he's he's all he he's basically like depressed uh, after having like left the game because in the game he's the Rock and so he's like this super cool, uh, strong adventure hero and he leaves and he's like, well, my life is just super boring by comparison and like I'm not as cool as the Rock and stuff. And so I thought, like, that whole, like, character was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's that. And then also kind of just, like, the, what you call it, like, the quarter-life crisis or whatever. Or, like, you know, transitioning from high school to college is very overwhelming. And you mm-hmm. kind of, and it, I think it was, I mean, as, you know, the two of us have made that transition and gone through that. It is very overwhelming. And you, it and is, he kind yeah. of, he kind of talks about how, you know, he built up all these relationships and he felt so good his senior year of high school and then you just start over and you're yeah. kind of it's it's nice and it's but it's also very intimidating to start over and it can be an adjustment for some people and sometimes it takes longer than you're comfortable with and that's kind of what happened for him mm-hmm. so and and all the while you know your friends go other places and they might adjust right away and feel super great and that can be very alienating and and yeah. make you depressed so i think that is very relatable to a lot of people mm-hmm. um, certainly his motivation so that's kind of so he goes back in the game and they concerned about him and so that's how they all get back in the game there you go mm. yeah. minor spoiler that all happens in like the first 15 yeah. minutes so 
Uh, I won't get into specifics, but I also like uh, I I liked um, Danny DeVito and Danny Glover's like relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, their whole conflict and uh, way it resolves and everything. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to add before we go to spoilers? Well, we didn't. I guess we didn't really talk about like like the uh, I'm trying to like the action and stuff. I think it's it's like all right. I honestly don't think it's a whole lot better than the first movie. I think it's about on par with it, or I guess the second movie because I was making a big deal about that earlier. I as, as someone like who does not remember the action from the other movie at all. I, I mean, think this I one's better. I don't remember it a whole lot either, but from what I remember, it's just like I feel like that movie I thought was pr- was good when it first came out. And I haven't seen it since. And I feel like it's going to be the same with this movie. Because I feel like it's... I, like, I just really feel like it's a retread on, on a lot of different things. I feel like a lot of the... The fact that they have like a three-act like game structure. And I thought a lot... They, they go to literally another like, like bizarre... Mm-hmm. Like in the desert. That's like an exact same thing that they did from the first movie. I thought a lot of this was just very, very samey. Okay, Holden, then give your score. (laughs) I'm going to give this movie a 6 out of 10. I'm giving it an 8 out of 10, so. Wow. There you go. (laughs) I thought this one. It's 1.5 worse than Marriage Story. (laughs) For what it is, I think this movie, for what it is, 9 point, there's a big difference between a 9.5 out of 10 and an 8 out of 10. Yeah, but like you're comparing Jumanji and <laughs> Marriage Story. I'm not though. You Fine. compare movie Fine, for Ju- what it's trying to Listen, be. Listen, by yeah. inherently putting them uh, putting them with a numerical value, you are comparing them. <laughs> hey, Holden, shut up. <laughs> All right. Oh, we'll go on to spoiler talk for a Jumanji. What do you want to talk about, Holden, you negative Nelly? I, okay, I wanted to talk about the thing that I thought would have been fantastic if they incorporated this vil- video game element is when um, Martha's in-game avatar, Ru- Ruby, I think her name is, her and um, uh, The Rock, when they're climbing the side of the mountain, why didn't they do, like, uncharted climbing? Yeah, I kind of thought of that, too. Stuff like that. Like, I've, I... I, I I didn't do a too deep analysis of like where they could do more things, but I feel like if they just incorporated more small things like that, it would have made this movie a lot more appealing to me. Cause See, I, like, I feel like a lot of the stuff was su- surface level and stuff that was already explored in the last movie. See, the, m- where I would disagree with you is that I think it is a video game, but I think the point of it is to go to a, a completely different world more so than to play off the video game shtick. I mean, it is definitely supposed to do that, but like, I think if things got where just it was completely like everything operated as a video game, that would just well, yeah, create a lot of weird plot and stuff like that. I mean, I don't think like everything should be like a video game, but I think like for the purposes of this sequel, they should have done more because I really can't think of a single thing that they didn't do in the last movie in terms of those video game elements. Because that's like a, a whole one of the whole draw. Aside from the name Jumanji, one of the drawing points is that it is in a video game. 
I guess I just don't really care about that element, so that wasn't a big okay. deal to me. All right, Jimmy. <laughs> okay, Holden. Um, what else? What do you want to talk about, Jimmy? I just thought it was funny. I thought I liked it when they switched characters. I thought Jack Black's self-deprecating humor was pretty funny. Yeah, no, I Jack Black is still like the funniest part of this movie. I thought he was the funniest part of the last movie. I think that's pretty consistent. He's very good at just like playing these different characters. I thought the generational gap between the teens and the elders was added a, le- a level that made it more relatable. Yeah. And, and interesting I, I, that, that the first one didn't have. I thought the first one was kind of like these four very st- stereotypical people from certain groups thrown together and uncharacteristically got along kind of. And I don't, I just thought the first one's really kind of cheesy and unrealistic where I thought this one was more like less tra- focusing on like some of the, the kid relationships that seem weird. And yeah, well, I, I, I will give it credit for that because I, th- I, I really liked the fact that like, obviously they're old people and like they did play a lot of like, they, they keep forgetting what you said, kind of jokes, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, haha, Alzheimer's, <laughs> but, uh, but they, one of the, one of the things I liked was the fact that they didn't like they brought up the fact that like the old people had never like played a video game but that wasn't like a constant like overbearing joke because i was expecting that and i was really worried that it was just gonna get really played out and boring but it wasn't it was like a joke maybe twice yeah um did you like that the hound was the villain yeah <laughs> he's pretty generic but i was like whatever i didn't yeah, think the I, movie needed a more compelling villain or anything no i i mean that's it was like the same thing in the last movie both villains were very generic and like didn't matter um nobody said jumanji was a good video game <laughs> no <laughs> i mean what it's for like the atari or something so what can you expect yeah what can you expect um i oh okay um something i have more mixed feelings about was it's like treatment i i appreciated that it like it had a lot of references and like stuff to the last movie where it was kind of like if you haven't seen this movie we're just gonna like throw you in and like you're not gonna understand these jokes which i can appreciate because like it is a sequel but at the same time i feel like that also did play into why this movie felt so familiar and stuff because it was like oh no there's a hippo at the beginning of the the game again there's gonna be that joke the cake joke was funny yeah the cake uh, yeah especially at the end of the movie (laughs) i thought that was pretty funny um but i mean it's like like when ruby roundhouse has her song that she kicks butt to i'm just like that's not that's not that funny it wasn't that funny in the last movie either but I don't. I mean, I didn't think it was necessarily supposed to be like, funny, but as in just like to have kind of uh, music in the background to coordinate fighting to. Yeah. Just as like a entertainment value, more so than a comic value. Mm-hmm. 
Well, they kind of like played it off comically in this movie, at least. I'm pretty sure. Admittedly, I, I did see disagree, th- Holden. Listen, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm sorry. We have very I'm not, different. I'm sorry. I'm not what? a negative Nelly all the time like you are, <laughs> and that I enjoyed this movie. I'm sorry. I, I apologize for liking this movie, Holden. There, Listen, are you happy? This movie. This movie is. It's fine. <laughs> it's very okay. It's wow. just like. I don't know. Maybe it's probably better than Star Wars. That's all I'm saying. Gee whiz, you trying to hurt me? <laughs> uh anything else about this movie uh i think you need to rewatch it holden maybe i will until you like it i think you need maybe. to rewatch the original and realize how it's not all that good and then you'll be what, like like oh, the, the second board one's... game the uh, board game original you know what holden <laughs> maybe you should just go watch the robin Z- williams you should just go watch zathura listen yeah. i love zathura so yeah, that, <laughs> maybe yeah, i will <laughs> yeah go watch zathura give that a six eight out of ten whatever i don't care <laughs> then i'll be like oh you think that there is only 1.5 worse than marriage story <laughs> that's what you sound like holden um yeah oh okay <laughs> one one thing before we end i would have really liked and another video game element that would have been great. I would have loved if, like, when they're driving the dune buggies, if the controls were just terrible. <laughs> like, driving in so many video games is just so bad. And I would have loved if they just, like, couldn't figure out how to drive those cars. Okay. I thought, <laughs> I think driving in video games is fine. I think it depends on the maybe video game. Maybe you should game. just be better at video games. Yeah, you know what? I'm not very good at video games, so maybe that's they why just, I don't like this movie. just gets in there. Gets in there. It's just like maybe, a Wii remote. He's got to, like, lean. <laughs> maybe, I, <laughs> maybe I don't like this movie that much because these people are better at the video games than I am, and so that's I'm it. very butthurt about it. I think it. you were just focused so much on the video game elements that you missed out on all the good parts of the movie. I, no, I okay. That's just... I focused on that for this because that's like my main negatives and like the retreading it does. But I do, I I will acknowledge, I thought the movie was funny. I thought a lot of the acting was good and I thought the action was fine. But I just think like, yeah, I don't know. You know what? It is only 1.5 points worse than Marriage Story. (laughs) There you go. Okay. What are you doing, Alden? Other than being just so negative all the time. What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you going to answer my question as to what you are doing? Listen, I thought we were doing a little transition gap in there. We so were, I gave okay. it some time. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that as the editor of this podcast. <laughs> Uh, all right, so what am I doing, Jimmy? I actually, I've done quite a bit this week. I I watched a lot of movies. I'll just run through them because um, I did watch a lot, but I'm, some of them I want to recommend to you, Jimmy. Um, so first of all, I watched this movie called Anna and the Apocalypse. Have you heard of this movie, Jimmy? Nope. It's a Christmas musical zombie movie that's also British. And it came out a couple years ago, and it's like, it's like eighty six minutes long or something like that. So it's pretty short, but it's pretty it's it's fairly entertaining. It's got some pretty good music. It's it's kind of funny. Um, it's 
it was a little bit disappointing because I'd been wanting to watch it for a while just, be, just because that concept sounds so great. But it, uh, and some of the kills in it were really, really good. Um, but there were there, like the villain in the movie is very, very. I I can't describe the villain of the movie very well because he's like he's just like crazy for no reason. He's like the principal of this like main character's school, and he just like hates all the kids. And like he like kills them and once the zombies start appearing it's so like it's really weird um but it's also british so maybe british people get it i don't know maybe british principals all hate the kids um we got some uk listeners out there you let us know what, what uh <laughs> if that makes sense uh <laughs> uh anyway so i also watched almost famous have you ever seen almost famous jimmy no i've heard of it okay I loved Almost Famous. I absolutely adored it. Um, I gave it a five stars on Letterboxd uh, for those of you who uh, care about Letterboxd. I know I do. Jimmy does too. Um, but it's it's like this uh, journalist who follows along. Uh, it's based off of the director's life uh, rough, uh, kind of vaguely. Uh, but it's this journalist who followed along with this band in the 70s, I believe and just kind of their adventures and like love and uh friendship and all that it's really really good i'm also a little bit biased just because i love rock music and i'm also a journalism major <laughs> so it's like two things i love combined into into also a movie which i also love um but yeah it's fantastic i absolutely adored this movie um and then i also watched this is spinal tap have you seen this jimmy I've seen clips. I've seen the the crank it up to eleven or whatever. Oh, That's okay. a funny bit. Yeah, it's a funny bit. Um, it's it's a pretty good. It's a pretty funny movie. Um, I like the music in it is very funny. Like the songs they write are just like they're very generically terrible for like the eighties. It's just not. It's not good music. And as much as I love song like music from back then, it sounds like it could have just fit back then. Um. And it's just, it's a very convincing, like, mockumentary style. It seems like it could have, it's kind of like Blair Witch in the way that, like, it feels like it could be real. I mean, and Blair Witch is obviously more of, like, it's, like, a, supposed to be a student project, and this is, like, an actual documentary. But it feel it has, like, a, I guess, similar convincing vibe to it. Um, but uh, I also, Jimmy, I started playing the Halo games when I came back, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah that one um <laughs> yeah so i started playing it with my brother um i'd never really played through any of the halo games before they're pretty fun they're <laughs> hot take hot take <laughs> Halo's pretty fun you know what are you which one are you playing the first one halo? first one well so we have um we have halo, game pass we have game pass so we have um like the master chief collection so we have like the remastered versions of one through four and like reach and all that um so I I want to play through them all. I don't think there's any way I can get through them all during this break. But yeah, right now we're playing through one, and it's a pretty good time. Um, besides that, I think that's it, Jimmy. What about you? What are you doing? Um, I have, was playing a Titanfall two this campaign. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I feel like I kind of did you beat it? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. uh, I think I passed the middle part that you said was really entertaining. Yeah. 
um, which I agree. It was too brief. I I'm, I'm imagine you're talking about the part where you're like time warping. Yeah. That's really clever, and I like that quite a bit. I feel like they didn't lean into it as much as they could have, and it was yeah. too short. And I really ho- I really wish that like respawn would make like some game based around that mechanic. Yeah, or just anybody steal yeah. it, just steal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I think it's more just like a personal like I'm just not a huge first person shooter player, so I just like after that I was like, okay, it just is. I mean, like it's it's good for what it is. It's just like not my favorite game to play. Sure. I feel like I'd rather play something else. So I don't know if I will finish it. I'm just kind of, I haven't Jimmy, played it in a few days. It. Why? You need to, f- listen, it's got a, it, it's, it gets, um, the story gets emotional at the end of the game. I really am, do not care about the story at all. If I'm going to be honest. Oh my God, Jimmy, you're like the only person I've talked to that's played it. Who said that everyone loves the story of Titanfall too. I know. That's why I'm like, eh, <laughs> you know, wow. What? It's a six out of ten. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's better than that. It's like I'm gonna say it's good. I just don't care. Like it's. I mean, like I feel like uh, it's just not my type of game, and I'd rather play something that I'm gonna enjoy more. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Wow. Maybe you should play Doom, huh? I feel like I wouldn't like that as much as you do. That's so good. Listen, write in if you want Jimmy to play Doom, and we'll get him to play Doom. Okay, I'm almost done with my second playthrough of that, by the way. Wow, good for you. <laughs> um, I, else, think that's, Jimmy? I think that's pretty much it, though, for me. Wow. Been just playing Beat Saber. Getting yeah. to that. Losing ex- the, shedding those pounds, huh? Oh, yeah. Actually, though. Expert. I'm, I'm dabbling in the Expert Plus now. Oh, yeah gotta be gotta balance out that ranch intake somehow am i right (laughs) (laughs) i I really like ranch dressing for those of you who are not aware he eats so much ranch dressing (laughs) but none of that none of that hidden valley garbage stuff you buy at the grocery store i don't like any ranch so i (laughs) don't know the difference oh holden the only thing you like ranch is bad and that's cool ranch doritos and that's where i'm gonna end this podcast all the links are in the description all that stuff check it out i just hit my microphone thing hopefully that didn't make a huge distracting noise um but anyway email facebook twitter all that good stuff check the description um leave us a review on itunes five stars recommend a movie in your review and we will add it to a queue and review it sometime uh we have star wars next week i cannot wait to give it 10 out of 10 and just i can't wait to give it no matter what I can't wait to give it an eight because it's it's good. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's probably what's gonna happen. I'll probably be like, it's a nine out of ten, and Holden's like, it's an eight out of ten. It was pretty good. <laughs> I have not been watching any of the the stuff. I know there's like a Kylo Ren scene. Haven't watched there's, it. I okay. I feel like I I don't know if I actually learned any spoilers, but looking up the news for this week, I like kept seeing stuff about the TV spots, and I'm just like, why? <laughs> I well, I get like the YouTube recommendations, and there's just a new one like every day, and like yeah. they had another scene that J.J. Abrams released for like Fortnite, and now there's lightsabers in Fortnite or whatever. I'm like, just there's gonna be another scene with the Mandalorian. Just release the movie on Netflix, why don't you? Or Disney <laughs> Plus, I guess. 
the on Netflix. I believe I think the premiere is Monday night, which is tonight as of this recording. Ooh, so probably, we'll get some reviews. I'll probably edit it tonight too. So when this hits iTunes, the, those Star Wars reactions will probably out, be out, and everybody will say it's terrible. And J.J. Abrams ruined Star Wars. Jimmy, are you are you uh, uploading that podcast you were talking about? Oh, you thank you, Holden. That is very good i would have totally forgot to say that um so wrapping up we are going to have a a very special christmas present for you or holiday (laughs) gift whatever if you're zoroastrian like myself i'm just kidding (laughs) that's a joke i feel pretty comfortable saying that i don't think zoroastrianism is a thing anymore maybe it is if you're zoroastrian good for you uh anyway um so I have made for a uh, class a history project that relates to the topic of Martin Scorsese's next movie. So it's like a mystery thriller podcast thing. It's like 40 minutes long. I'm going to release it as just a bonus episode in the middle of the week. So if you're wondering what that is, that's what it is. It's like a true crime podcast thing. So if you're into that, check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always just quit listening to it. It's f- completely free. So that's just coming out in the middle of the week. I put a lot of work into it. I think it turned out pretty well. Um, I like wrote the music for it and all that stuff. So I'm not in it. So if you don't want to hear just Jimmy, don't listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's going to be good anyway. But it's like it's literally like a scripted thing. It's um, yeah, it was like a 20 page research script thing it was very uh elaborate i got 100 percent on it there you go nice Ooh. and uh i might be submitting it to like a, a conference too now wow per my professor's uh request so there you go breaking news you didn't heard that but yeah you should check it out kind of briefly like mini trailer version of it uh it's about these it's that Killers of the Flower Moon. I think we talked about it on the podcast before. It's in the 1920s, United States. Uh, this Native American tribe of like 2,000 people uh, was pushed off their land and ended up in the middle of like no man's land in Oklahoma. Terrible land, but it happened to be on top of the, some of the largest oil reserves in the United States. They became super rich. Uh, then a bunch of settlers moved into the area. Uh, uh, white settlers started intermarrying started trying to get at the money and all of a sudden there's like this murder spree dozens of uh, these Osage Indians uh, wind up dead or die of mysterious causes and it's one of the first FBI cases Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on so listen to it it's very interesting Uh, it's I think I go into the details of certain deaths and stuff like that i think it's entertaining i think you'll enjoy it check it out that's it i'm on the edge of my seat already there you go your <laughs> toilet seat holden's <laughs> been doing this whole thing on the toilet every episode that's where i am too that's where nice. we always do it remotely <laughs> um <laughs> my yeah, butt n- is numb <laughs> <laughs> my uh our, our next episode will be star wars and we're going to do cats at some point God damn it, Jimmy. It's happening. Whether it's this next week or the week after, we're doing cats. We're not doing it this next week. Fine. The week after when we review 1917, we'll also do cats. No. 
No, we will not. I you heard it here first. You this heard it episode first. was way too long. I apologize. I blame Holden. <laughs> He's the host this week. Yeah. Well, you know what, Jimmy? I'm still going to hold that one time where we analyzed the Star Wars trailer for 25 minutes up against you. So uh, still beat that. Hey, you know what, Holden? This episode's been really long, so I'm just going to throw out a little Star Wars uh, theory for you right at the end. No, Jimmy, here stop. We're here ending it, it. You know, here it is. Ray, not a Skywalker, but she's like, I'm a Skywalker at heart. And that's what the meaning of the title is. There you go. There's my theory. Boom. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, we're ending it. Jimmy, say your goodbye thing. See you next time. <laughs> Pantalones. <laughs> Bye.